what are, what are we doing here? <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Moon Traveling with Aaron Sprinkle and Matthew Schwartz. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about your new EP. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, we get right into this thing. Uh, it's called Certainty. It's got five tracks. Um, tell us about it. I mean, how did, like, oh, your last out, last thing you released underneath your name was Real real Life, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when was that? It's 2017? Is that correct? That sounds right, yeah. Okay, so it's been four years. Yeah. Um, tell us about... Uh, these four years and how these five songs came to be. Right. So real life was my last, um, record under the contract I was under with tooth and nail. Um, and so that, you know, I kind of mentioned this in one of the other episodes, but this is the first time I've been, um, free of any kind of recording or publishing deal Mm -hmm. basically since 1993 when poor old Lou signed our first contract. Um, and so, uh, you know, I had been really looking forward to and planning on being able to start releasing music independently, doing, you know, having that freedom to release when, whatever I want, whenever I want. But, you know, being in the traditional music world for so long, mm-hmm. once I actually got to that point, I realized how little I knew about independent music uh, releasing. And... I don't think anyone so, really knows. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the more I'm like learning, the more I'm realizing that there's just, it's just like almost the wild west, yeah. you know, but, um, so, you know, and it takes, it takes me a while to put together songs traditionally in the past. That's, um, it's taken me so long because I've been, you know, it's a hobby. My, my music has been mm-hmm. a hobby, you know, because my primary source of um, income has been working with other artists as mm-hmm. a producer. Um, so I wrote one of the songs, um, on the album called Rolling Heads. I wrote that, like, I want to say two years ago, Mm -hmm. two and a half, maybe, uh, demoed that out. And then my job with Soundstripe was so, it was evolving and changing and I was getting settled into it. And I just sort of like got, um, distracted and then the rest of the album, the rest of the EP was written and recorded in 2020 during during the pandemic, actually, mm-hmm. um, during the lockdown. So, Did you have any Soundstripe work during the pandemic? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was all normal. But I, That's it, cool. I had felt settled in. And I think also because I, I mean, you know, because I was just literally staying at home the whole mm-hmm. time, yeah. it was um, easier to kind of start focusing on it and working on it. And um, my intention originally was to do a full length, um, but by the time, you know, the main kind of big lockdown kind of started to disappear and we hit 2021 and, you know, the election and some other really big life change stuff that has happened to me it didn't feel right to add any more songs. And this kind of goes back to that snapshot thing that we were talking about yesterday, where I felt like the um, moment that was captured in these five songs, that was over. 
So yeah. what I really needed to do was just make it an EP, which, you know, is probably a good thing to use to, you know, kind of uh, dip my toe into the waters of um, yeah. independent music. Um, so, yeah, so um, I started a few other songs that just didn't, I, you know, I didn't finish them in time and they're not, you know, some of them I'm wrestling with, you know, yeah. lyrically and stuff like that. But, but yeah, and, and, and there really was this sort of um, moment um, in my life that was captured as far as the lyrics and the content mm-hmm. of, of the songs goes too. That was, you know, this huge transition into really kind of figuring out um, a little bit more about my deconstruction from um, religion and, you know, my sort of spiritual journey and stuff. And in, in that sense, I actually feel like these songs are more like intentional as far as the lyrics and mm-hmm. content goes than any batch of songs I've ever written before. Yeah, I am, I, I am cur- curious because, you know, you let me listen to it ahead of time and, and you gave me the lyrics to go through and not that you, they do seem so personal, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I guess I wonder, uh, I guess you just answered it, but I had always wondered, or I have wondered since reading this, if you're, um, if you have written something that personal before, but it sounds like you, you seem, like you said, so more intentional this time is. Yeah, I think that I have to have some personal connected element to anything to care enough about it to finish it, right. you know, usually, and I think that with this, there was just more specificity to the um, to the what I was trying to get across. Mm-hmm. It was easier for me to be a little more clear because you know, like we were talking yesterday in the AMA, a lot of my songwriting starts with a melody and then even maybe a phrase that accidentally came out of my mouth, and then I I kind of can figure out a way to write a song around that and right. have an emotional attachment to it, but. These songs just sort of came out of me and they were more intentionally like I had an idea about what they were about way earlier on in the Mm. process. And some of the lyrics I even wrote um, when I was on the trail, like um, trail running or hiking, um, I had, I got into doing that really for the meditative aspect of Uh it. You know, I'm a very slow runner and a moderately fast hiker. And um, I think I'm probably on the same page. <laughs> yeah. But I like the, there's this sort of movement meditation that you can get into when you're doing that. And um, I, I, yeah, I had, I was able to kind of work through thoughts and ideas and sort of sentiments that I wanted to convey in the right. songs. And songs about, uh, you know, trails and yeah. trees, trees and birds, squirrels. And, yeah. Yeah. No. Um, I've always been afraid of being too specific in songs because mm-hmm. it's it's more vulnerable feeling to me. It's more prone to critique if if I, it's a little more clear. I like the abstract myself. Like, yeah. and it, 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 I think that my favorite songs, and even when I'm writing songs, like I like the songs. I obviously, like you said, there is intent. There is you know, um, 
you definitely, you know what it's about right. for you. But I think that we, we talked about, I don't know if that was on the record or off the record uh, yesterday, but we talked about like how there are some songs where the lyrics don't really make sense. And like Oasis has, uh, no Gallagher has said, you know, uh, yeah, it doesn't mean anything, but they know what it means, yeah. you know, because it means something to them, you know, and right. I think that music should be abstract. You should yeah. be, everyone should get whatever they want out of it, you know. Totally. And and I I can't, I think, I, I, I don't like being too literal or too on the nose right. with my lyrics because I don't really, I'm not really attracted to lyrics like that right. um, in either. general. But, um so, I, I mean, think. I think I might be saying that this is more specific, but some people might be like, it doesn't sound very specific to me, but um, just it, to me, it feels more um, yeah, more like intentional and guided, I guess. But yeah, so yeah, I got, um, you know, honestly connecting with you about your experiences with releasing music independently and, um, you know, becoming friends with you and being having you as as a resource of support for me to be able to kind of work through some of the you know insecurities and sort of daunting aspects of this is mm. kind of what pushed me to start the ball rolling you know you have you know well been, thank you yeah i wouldn't i probably wouldn't have even still been i wouldn't have been releasing this at this point yeah. if it wasn't for you so I appreciate that very much. Well, I appreciate it too, because um, now we, we get to hear this stuff, you know, it gets to come out and it exists. Um, for anyone listening, I am not a uh, independent music guru, um, but if you have questions, send them my way. I would love to help. <laughs> 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 I'll tell you what you should do. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I get the differences is that I, the opposite of you, I've spent my entire career and uh, every time I got close to having a label, it fell apart like yeah. every, like every time. Um, I mean, I almost was on tooth and nail. Brandon Emo called me on the phone a couple times and then they ended up signing another band instead of us. Mm -hmm. And, um, they only did one album. They don't exist anymore. You know? So it's like, you know, he made a mistake. We all know that. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I think that, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you were able to, uh, create this and that I was, you know, able to help him whatever way I could have or did. Um, okay. So you answered some of my questions that I had about this already. Uh, what were the influences for this record? Like, uh, were you listening to something in particular? Were you trying? Cause I think yesterday we were talking about like, when we we're talking about the snapshot, each album is kind yeah, of yeah. its own entity entity that sometimes you, uh, intentionally are trying to capture a certain kind of sound or, or whatever. Was there anything or any influences? Yeah, I don't, I'm not aware of any specific art artist influences, but I know that like my taste in like recreational music consumption got, w went in a very, you know, like I was saying um, yesterday, I th uh, or when we taped the other episodes, uh, you know, early seventies, mm -hmm. um, very organic, um, and I think probably because you know real life was you know such a synth heavy, electronic heavy um, pop record that I, you know, I just needed to get the get the this out and so I, I definitely went into it with kind of the thought of making songs that um could be replicated with like a four or five piece band mm -hmm. um 
organic, human, loose feeling. Um, yeah. And, you know, I like, I don't always follow them, but every time I go into an album and I'm feeling an inspiration, I, I try to set limits for myself. So, I love that. You know, I, you know, like as far as how many tracks and how many parts in a song mm-hmm. and, you know, um, what instruments are, you know, on, on limits and off limits. And, nice. uh, so yeah, I had, I don't, it's hard to even, it's hard for me to even really put into words sometimes the, um, the vibe I have going into something, but I know it in my heart. Like I know when I hit it mm-hmm. and the kind of feeling I want to feel when I'm playing the song back. Um, yeah. But yeah. Okay. Well, I guess when it comes out, you guys let us know what you think you hear. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I will say that in listening to it myself, um, I was really, I thought it was like, I don't know, this is kind of going back to us talking about moon traveling and stuff like it is kind of like a full moon circle. Like you come back around and it seems like you have, this album has pieces of every part of your career put mm. together. You That's know? cool. I love that. I see a little bit of of each of your albums kind of put together, and I I, I dig that. Um, I guess I could tell people. I guess so. It's called Certainty. Uh, there are five songs. Uh, the songs are Impossible, Rolling Heads, Slow Stop, Everything, and Diamond Dusting. Mm-hmm. Um, you had kind of said this, but for this, the the music was first, and the lyrics came second. Or did some of these the lyrics come first? There, there was a few songs that the concept of the lyrics came first. Mm-hmm. Like I knew I wanted to write a song about something about like, um, you know, uh, everything's a good example. I knew I wanted to write a song about that. So, mm-hmm. and I actually did a different song about that that I didn't end up liking, and scrapped it, and then um, kind of just kept that that subject in in my head because it's just it's naturally in my head so i'm thinking about it a lot and i guess that's the other thing these are like authentic expressions of things that were really important to me and still are actually right now but in that era and that time that i was writing these songs it was it was stuff that was taking up a a lot of space in my life you Mm -hmm. know things i was working through and and um new ways of thinking that i was practicing and um and then also like you know Rolling Heads is is a song. It's it's a song to the church. It's a song I wrote about um, the church and sort of the um, conservative um, political affiliations with um, yeah. the evangelical church in in the U.S. and and um, that just kind of came out like it really. It was not. I didn't have to force it. It sort of just right. you know spilled out of me and. Um, do you find that um, talking about these subjects that, that are, take up so much space in your head that is uh, therapeutic for you and, and getting them out in, in, in a musical aspect? Yeah, I think so. I think that it helps you kind of like organize and mm-hmm. kind of name what you're feeling and thinking mm-hmm. at the time and and um, express it in a way that's, I think, very healthy. Yeah. Um, you know, making a song about something is, a, is I think, a very healthy expression. Yeah. And you know, when you when you tie art in, art into um, 
stuff like that, stuff that you're kind of working through. It, it, I think it's the therapeutic benefits are yeah. massive. Yeah. That's, I agree with that. I couldn't say it better, any better. Um, so, uh, who, who played on the EP? What? Right. So who is this five piece band? Yeah. The five piece band <laughs> I did. So my brother, Jesse played drums on three of the songs on, mm-hmm. uh, impossible rolling heads and slow stop. Actually, mm-hmm. weirdly, it, yeah, the, the order of the record or the first three songs are the ones Jesse played on. Okay. And then Andy King, um, who is like, you know, my old friend, just, incredible drummer obviously my brother's an incredible drummer um but andy played on the other two and uh uh so and then i played everything else okay. um you know guitar keys bass percussion uh mm-hmm. vocals you know and all that stuff it's pretty typical for me to either do everything myself or do everything except drums um yeah but you map out the drums though, right? But, or do you give them a, a track without the drums at all? On this project, I did have um, pretty thought out um, drum parts that I gave them, um, you know, just using like a, a plug-in, like, you know, mm-hmm. addictive drums or something like that to make. Um, but I kept those very simple. Mm-hmm. And just had, you know, there might be a specific kick drum pattern or, you know, I want the ride here and the hats here or like a build here. And I, and I would, you know, make sure those were highlighted, but keep Mm -hmm. it real simple to let them express, you know, where they want to accent things or put fills or whatever like that. Nice. So yeah, the instruments on this album, you've got drums, you've got bass, you've got guitar, uh, ukulele, I believe is on a song and, um, and then keys synths uh, i'm missing anything that that you threw in there no yeah there's a there's this weird little guitar thing called a git a that uh, i have a yamaha git a it's like a i think a two maybe two hundred dollar instrument um i got on amazon <laughs> nice i played one thanks in, bezos not a sponsor a, yeah i played one in a in a music store and was like oh my gosh i really want one of these and it's just you know, a little little baby nylon string guitar yeah. that's that's tuned to A instead of E. So love it. Um, but uh, that's what's on slow stop. Um, cool. And uh, yeah, and then there are there's piano and synth, um, but the synth is all other than one spot, one part in um, in the the kind of repetitive part in Impossible, the octave mm-hmm. thing is kind of mechanical, but it serves as like a percussive element. I think mm-hmm. the rest of the keys are very, they're not like hard quantized. They're natural mm-hmm. performances. Nice. Um, yeah. That, you know, like I said, that kind of human people in a room playing yeah. element. Love it. Cool. Cool. Um, this, you had said that this is, uh, the first thing you've done in a very long time that you did not mix. Is that correct? Yeah. I was thinking about this, um, as far as solo records go, yep. um, the kind of stays was the last solo project wow. that I didn't mix, which is from, I think 2000 or 2001 or something like that. Yeah. That's been a minute or no 2000, I think. Um, yeah. or maybe no, it's even earlier than that. I think it's from 99. Mm. Um, but before some people that's listening might've been born. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, and it's funny because that mostly has to do with like the fact that I didn't do a lot of solo music in that time. And then when I did, it was just a budget kind of a thing, really. Yeah. And also a vibe thing. I, I actually, yeah. you know, sometimes I, when I'm making songs, by the time I'm done with them, the the state they're in, the rough mix, the state they're in is basically, it's a basically a finished mix. Mm. And the mixing is part of the, you know, the process. Yeah. So to hand it off to someone else, I'm going to always lose something, mm. uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I don't think Water and Guns in real life would have been quite the same if I would have had someone else mix mm -hmm. on those. But, um, you know, J.R. McNeely, who I have been working with, I actually met him. Um, he mixed Moon Traveler, and I met him then. That was the first thing I'd ever worked with him on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've we've been close friends and massive collaborators for well over 20 years now. And, yeah. um, you know, he, I ended up just loving what he did so much that he, he mixed, I would say, I mean, off the top of my head, at least 75% of the music I produced between 2000 and, yeah. you know, 2012. Yeah. If you don't um, know who he is, just go to all music or discogs and look him up. You'll, you'll see Yeah. And he, on. you know, he makes the fair records and, you know, just yeah. a ton of stuff. Great. I mean, yeah, yeah just, he's the greatest. And, uh, I think because of the vibe of this was, I was feeling nostalgic about it. It's funny mm -hmm. that you said that earlier because I got nostalgic feelings even about my own old music, which is a very weird experience to feel mm -hmm. nostalgia about your past, you know, mm -hmm. in that sense. But I started mixing it myself and I just, I, I didn't feel like it was quite right. And I thought, you know what, JR would bring that, back it would it mm. would it would really help me bring it back because his approach to mixing is so different than mine right and, yeah. uh i'm really happy with how it turned out yeah um, it sounds great and then you know troy glessner at specter mastering mastered it and he's you know another person that i mean i think he's mastered probably close to 98 percent of what i've done in the mm -hmm. last 20 years so um yeah so it's gonna sound great yeah. um <laughs> Uh, I, I guess we don't know exactly when this is coming out, but um, but if uh, I'm assuming it'll probably be around when the first single drops, which will be uh, Slow Stop, mm -hmm. um, which is coming out August 13th. Mm -hmm. um, what? Uh, tell me about this song, because this is the first song you sent me. Mm -hmm. um, it seems like it was the first song finished. Yeah. And uh, I think it really kind of sets the tone for the record and uh, and this whole project and so tell us about that song and why you picked that for a single and, and such. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, that song, Slow Stop, is about, it's really specifically about um, some sort of, some sort of feelings I got where I was almost, almost daydreaming about growing up on Vashon Island and mm -hmm. the just 
incredible experience that that was um, and such a, you know, crazy time. And that feeling of like, I wish I would have known then how important it was and how amazing it was and could have soaked it up a little more and could have been more present and grateful for all the um, amazing experiences I had. That reminds me of a quote from The Office that Andy says where he says, I wish that I... I wish we could know when we were in the good old days or something like right. that, in the good yep. old times exactly. or something. Exactly, exactly. And, and then also that feeling, you know, when I have gone back to visit there as an adult, and, I, and especially if, I'm, if I've got my, my kids with me, my two sons, and I'm trying to convey what it was like, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, like, I wish they could feel what I'm feeling mm-hmm. and see what I saw about what it was like. But there's no way to convey that. Right. Yeah. And um, there's something really sad and really beautiful about that, you know, because mm-hmm. I want to share that beauty with them. And I want other people to know the feeling, mm-hmm. but I can't. Yeah. And, but it, it makes it more special that I can't. It makes it this really, you know, yeah. cherished, special thing. Um, the crazy thing is, even if they were there at the same time, their experience wouldn't even be the same. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, and and mel- like the the sort of sense of me- melancholy, nostalgic melancholy. Yeah. Is is a feeling that I've always just felt this like. It's like sad, but it's this thick, syrupy, sweet sadness that yeah. I just. I'm kind of addicted to, like, I really love it. And like when I listen to certain albums that I listened to back then, um, I just get that feeling and I love it. Um, and I was really just trying to embody that feeling in a song. Mm. Um, a sad, beautiful, beautiful, sad. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Um, crap. I was going to say something I was going to say. Um, Oh, so yesterday, you and I, uh, that reminds me that you and I yesterday were talking about impermanence, Yeah, you know, and I think that that is on that same level. It's, it's um, knowing that everything ends mm-hmm. and, and, and allowing things to naturally progress and, and come and go as it does, mm-hmm. I think allows you, A, to be more present when you're in it, but mm-hmm. also to appreciate a lot more when it is gone. Yeah. And, and I think you being more aware and present in your own life and, and, and looking through your life and examining things, I think that that might help with you looking back at this time and it being a beautiful experience and knowing you can never go back, yeah. you know? Yep. Yeah. I think that's really a good way of putting it. And impermanence is, you know, things ending is something that I've been, I've really re- resisted accepting for a good chunk of my life and I've had a, have a lot of fear and anxiety and, mm-hmm. and, you know, bad thoughts, but I'm starting to see how beautiful it is. The cycle, the natural cycle yes. of things beginning and ending and there, those moments and the, the, you know, sacredness of those moments um, is really highlighted when you're yeah. able to just accept that that's what it is. 
Because again, for me, I'm discovering resistance is where suffering happens. And if I'm resisting things ending or resisting the concept that things end, Mm -hmm. because I don't have any control over that. It just is. It occurs. There's nothing we can do about it. Um, So yeah, that's... I would say that's a very good, um, you know, overview of the, the vibe of that song. Yeah. I think that, uh, I don't know. I'm sure it's in other countries too, but the American dream that we were sold has, or at least that I was told included a lot of things that seemed like it lasted forever. You know, you mm-hmm. would, you would have your same friends you met in high school for the rest of your life. Uh, you would meet your wife in college and you'd be together forever you would uh, buy a house and live next to your friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, band stuff, you know, you, you get, have that band and you'd be in that band and you'd, you'd be the Rolling Stones, which yeah. we all know there's one of them, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and even uh, living forever, yeah, you know, it's kind of how job. you felt. You felt like you'd live forever. You yeah. didn't feel, you didn't walk around with this knowledge that you will end. Exactly. You know? Yeah. No. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, job wise, you have this job and mm-hmm. you'll work at that job until retirement and, mm-hmm. and none of that exists. So this is not my life. I, yeah. If anything, I think I have realized that all of that is incorrect and that none of that's right. right. At least maybe not for me. Mm-hmm. And most of the people I know that have, uh, including myself, tried to seek out that kind of life and, and have that uh, ended up falling short and being mm-hmm. sad. And, yeah. you know, um, so I think it's beautiful that you're able to look at this time and, and um, think about it so fondly and, 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 and try to share that with us too, which leads me to the music video that uh, you created yourself, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. And it includes photos and videos f- that you did when you were young? Yeah. So there's um, my uh, an old friend from high school um, named uh, Ed Otto. He He's an amazing photographer and he still lives on the island. So I reached out to him about getting any other kind of supplemental stuff to put in. So there's a couple video shots that he did that are current. And there's a couple photos that are current as well in there. But the rest of it um, are photos that I took or a couple that friends took with my camera or, you know, my mom took of us um, from my childhood. And I wanted, I wanted to somehow, you know, somehow convey that with the video and I didn't have any budget. So, and I have, you know, enough knowledge of how to edit something to make it. And then I just literally put my phone in my car and drove around, um, and, you know, sang along with the song and and cut that in. And then, um, and that's beautiful too, because you've got this, all this old footage from the Island but then you've got new footage of you now. And that again is bring this full circle, Totally, you know, love it. Thanks. Yeah. I think it turned out, I mean, as good as I could have hoped, um, considering the limited resources. We have any uh, video editors. Uh, Aaron loves bad reviews. So tell him how terrible. Yeah. Let me know how terrible the the video. (laughs) Tell him what program he needs to download. Yeah. (laughs) Um, do you want to talk about any of the places and people that are in the video or that are maybe alluded to in the song? at all um yeah so i mean i was a i was a photographer in high school um i did like the paper and the yearbook and um sometimes had more than like sometimes had like two periods a day in the dark room and so i you know and this was the days of film you know Mm -hmm. and 
I, I kind of always, there was a time where I always had a camera on me and was always thinking about photos. And so I was fortunate that I had, a, and then, you know, some of my friends were also yeah. in the same world as me. So we would shoot pictures together of each other and things like that. So that's why. And then my mom was a really awesome photographer too. Yeah. And it's actually kind of where I learned the basics and used her camera a bunch. Nice. Um, so a bunch of that's hers. And, um, there's a, you know, there's a photo with Nick and Scott in the mm -hmm. kind of, you know, late poor old Lou, or early poor old Lou era, like probably senior year photos. Nice. And then uh, there's some of me, even little that my mom took. Um, and if, you know, the, all, we lived, we moved a lot on the island. I, I uh. think if I counted, I think I counted once that in from, you know, the time I was born till the time. I graduated high school when we moved off the island. I think we lived in nine different houses on wow. the island. So, how big is this island? It's um, it's only sixteen miles long. Wow. Yeah. So you pretty much have lived on every acre of that. Island. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of different areas, and there's yeah. there's such cool little pockets and areas and vibes and memories so cool. from different bus stops I took to school and just all that stuff and. Even different friends, if you were closer yeah. to someone, you might become, you know, because you ride the bus home with them, you might become yeah. more of a friend. And um, so, yeah, I was just trying to capture all that. Um, cool. Yeah. All right. Um, do you want to talk about each song? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. There's only five of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the second single looks like is going to be Impossible. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, and um, you want to talk about what? making that song how it came to be what it's about kind of stuff breaking down yeah that song um i don't remember exactly if the subject matter came first or the vibe came first, mm -hmm. um, I know that I wanted, there was a very specific sort of um, feel that I wanted to do um, with, and, and that this song is very, the bass is like kind of the main instrument in this song as mm -hmm. far as um, what drives it to mm -hmm. me, the bass and drums, which is uh, different for me. Um, mm -hmm. It's not typical, but, um, and it's, it's a more intense song and, and the vocal performance is, I think pretty, uh, you know, emotive, you know, I think it has yeah an intense feel to it. The first but, time I heard it, I told you that I, I was moved, you know, and I, I didn't even know what the song was about until I guess three days ago or a week ago when you sent me the lyrics and I, I was moved because I was, your, your performance is so emotional and, you know, and I, I don't know that I even heard your voice sound like that. Before. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if I have either to be honest, but it was completely natural. I didn't even have to, you know, when I did, when I tracked the vocals for this song, it was just what came out of me. It wasn't yeah. like, I was like, I'm going to really push myself. I love it. So I think the song was a vehicle for me to express myself in a way that, I haven't really before. And um, the song is really, really honestly, generally just about the feeling of being out, spinning out of control. Yeah. Um, of some element of your life or your thoughts or your experiences or you just 
spinning out like you're 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 losing control of yourself or your environment and just how helpless that feeling is and how um yeah it can be just so terrifying um and and it can just make you feel if you if you've experienced that a lot mm-hmm. it just beats you down it just makes you feel like you're done. Like you don't have anything left. And yeah, I've, I have, I have been through a lot of that personally. I know everyone has, I Mm -hmm. mean, it's part of the the human experience. Um, and I don't specifically, um, reference like a solution in this song. It's just sort of an expression of that feeling. But, um, in my life in the last couple of years, currently the practice of, mindfulness and acceptance and yeah. being um present mm-hmm. it ha- has been the only real solution i've ever found to that feeling yeah um just sort of accepting things as they are and yeah. uh being o- being okay with this is how it is right this second this is just how it is and yep. and like you know this is a gonna be a reoccurring theme so i'm gonna say it a lot <laughs> but resisting what is like mm-hmm. is where is the greatest source of suffering in my life anyway for me is that pushback against like if something was different than it is now then i would feel this way Mm -hmm. then i would be okay then Mm -hmm. then i could do this then i could um experience this thing i want instead of being able to be um it's a version of escapism it totally is it's it's of you know aversion to now um yeah. getting some some way getting out of the now um yeah. and that has been historically a huge force of destruction in my life yeah. um men- mentally and even really you know with my relationships with other people and all that yeah. stuff. i don't know if it's like that for you but uh whenever i have terrible anxiety i, I um i find that it's easiest for me to, to kind of, like you said, give in to the things that I can't control mm-hmm. and just be like, this is happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, it helped me a lot, especially last year with uh, the double dose, uh, the one-two punch of the pandemic and an election, mm-hmm. uh, and an awful uh, election at that, mm-hmm. um, where I just had to remind myself daily, sometimes hourly, that I can only control what I do. Mm-hmm. I can only control what I feel. Mm-hmm. I can't control other people. I can't, you know, and doing that really helped me so, so right. much. You know, I, I quit being so concerned about what other people were doing or saying or thinking because I can't control them. And, mm-hmm. and I also l- learned to draw some boundaries, you mm-hmm. know, like if this isn't uh, making me a better person, if this isn't helping me, if this isn't, isn't making me happy, if it's not giving me joy, sparking joy, get rid of it. You know, yeah, that whole thing. Absolutely. And, and um, yeah, I, I love that you were able to do that. Um, all right. So moving on, Rolling Heads, uh, that song, um, I, I think you already said what it was about, but I, I love it. I love the imagery. I literally see, you know, a, a, a hill and someone getting their heads chopped, chopped. You're walking up a hill and you just keep seeing heads falling down as you go, mm-hmm. you know, um, and uh, we both grew up in church. Mm-hmm. I get it. Never mind, never mind. Everyone is doing fine. And the heads are rolling down the hill. Yeah, the heads are rolling down the hill. 
kind of makes you feel alive But dirty at the same time It's hard to keep the camera still When the heads are rolling down the hill This song really captures a moment of some stuff I was dealing with. Um, and it, I think it was really therapeutic, like we talked about earlier, for me to get it out. But, you know, um, it's honestly, like, it might not come across to everyone this way, but I was, it's an angry song for me. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm pissed in this song. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it, anyway. Yeah. There, there's, there's some beauty i think in the bridge and like some kind of working through things but um in my journey of um really coming into my own uh spiritual path Mm -hmm. um, part of that was sort of awakening to what was really happening Mm -hmm. in in church and um and i really i really I'm I'm in a place now where I don't I don't like I'm not dealing with the same level of resentment that I was mm-hmm. and especially I've really worked hard to release like any individual people mm-hmm. from anything because I I tr- if I truly believe that everyone's doing the best they can with what they've been given then right. I don't get to yep. associate blame to a specific person about something 100% yep so um this is more about the sort of like the bones of why and what was happening mm-hmm. and and where what, the the consequences of that and how they yeah. how I uh, uh, witnessed that manifesting in the world and how it also affected me personally and yeah. it it's definitely like you know highlighting hypocrisy and sort of the absurdity of some of the just huge contradictions in, you know, what is professed to be believed and what is acted upon. And uh, I know that's kind of a tired subject when it comes to Mm -hmm. being, you know, against church or whatever, but this is my first time working through that. Um, it, It might be a cliche, but for me, it's not. For me, it is a new thing for to be able to even express and question and think about right. and and analyze and be critical of and um so yeah that's what it's about i feel like um really really satisfied with the lyrics of this song mm-hmm. probably the most of any of the songs on yeah. the album um it i just it really got across what i was wanting to to say in in a way that i think is like digestible and artistic at the same yeah. time. And um, that's, a, that's a huge struggle for me historically. So um, I feel good about this song and the music's cool. It's kind of got this nostalgic, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe like early two thousands kind of vibe to it. And um, it's, it's a great song. I'm yeah. I like this one a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The hypocrisy, I think that, that I grew up with, with was the hardest thing on what I connected to the song, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. I, my father was a minister and it had the hardest time 
dealing with the fact that we taught grace, but they never actually used grace in the church. Right. I mean, we moved churches three or four times in my uh, childhood. And a lot of times, well, there was at least one or two that was very abrupt. Like, you can't talk to anyone else in that church anymore. Right. You know, we, we're not going there anymore. We had, And that's very strange, you know, because mm-hmm. you're like, I thought everyone loves everyone and we all forgive everyone, mm-hmm. and we, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And, and then the whole stuff too, where, you know, everyone's supposed to be perfect, but then, you know, I being on the inside, I see all these pastors and stuff and see them not being perfect. And I'm trying to be perfect. And they just, you know, they would just cut off. Like what I see is they can yeah. cut off each other's heads, you yep. know, to, to, to save the, the entity of church itself. And, and that I know that that isn't that isn't every church and that isn't every course, you know yeah. person, but in my experience, it, right. it it definitely was a reoccurring theme, and um, this song definitely touched me, and and I I saw it, you know, makes sense to me. I appreciate that. Yeah, I want to. I, I thought of something as you were saying this because I feel like um, people, you know, there. I, I hear this sentiment often, like you know, just because this church hurt you right. or that. Um, ex- you had this experience with this church or even church in general, like mm-hmm. doesn't mean you need to walk away from the faith or from God or from Christianity or mm-hmm. religion or whatever. And um, I just wanted like kind of stamp here that my, my questioning of my beliefs and the doctrine and the Bible and God and Jesus and all that is what led me to be able to see what was going mm. on in the church. It wasn't that the church hurt me, so there must be something right. really screwed up about Christianity. It was it was really an opposite um, ah. reaction where I, it, it allowed me to start seeing things in a different from a different angle. Yeah. Um, and be more honest with myself about what my experiences really were. Right. So, yeah. Well, I mean, it comes down to it. You don't have to, uh, shouldn't have to, and I don't think anyone has to explain why they believe or want or Absolutely. need. We're all on journeys. Like you mm-hmm. said, we're all trying to do the best job we can mm-hmm. and be the best people we can. And people change. And, you know, this is where you are now, and you don't know where you'll be in 5, 10, 15 years. Right. As 100%. much as I don't. and. You know, that's just the way it goes. Yeah. Um, speaking of lyrics, uh, everything, uh, I love this song. And my favorite line is the end of the chorus, which says, I'm in the darkest parts, I'm in the brightest stars. Yeah. I'm in the earth, the moon, the breath, the pain, the atmosphere. I'm in the light, the sea, the space between. for the first time it it really hit me because like i think that i don't know i feel like in a lot of songs they talk about how we are you know when they're like i am something or whatever you know they're talking usually about grand things and beautiful things and such but i love that you did that juxtaposition between i'm in the darkest parts but i'm also in the brightest stars because i that's us you know Mm -hmm. we we i think i think we're all uh two-sided and we all have, you know, we, the yin and the yang. And, mm-hmm. you know, 
I'm, I'm never always going to be perfect and I'm never always going to be bad, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. I, this song is about some, some concepts, um, that I have been practicing and learning about in meditation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's really about this, like, we have this, like, conditioning where we sense that we're apart, right? Mm-hmm. We are, a th- we're inside this body looking out, like, we have, like, a couple joysticks controlling it. Mm-hmm. And we're observing the outside world and interacting with it. And that um, that really, that's not true. That, like, our consciousness exists in the same space Mm. that everything else exists in the universe. There isn't a separation. And um, we are, we exist and are directly connected to literally everything. Right. And um, that concept has been so um, liberating to me. Mm. Um, It, it it just makes so much sense and practicing ways to kind of recondition to be um, here and not see myself as apart and separate and this mm. separate entity. And so, cause that gives you sort of this me against the world vibe and like, mm-hmm. I'm not safe. Um, I have to take these precautions and these measures to be able to make sure I'm safe and put these walls up and guards up. And, and, and for me, it's really been a, um, source of a lot of really bad um, habits and conditioning as far as my mental health goes and my ability to interact with people and nature and all that stuff. So this song is literally just about how we, we we're in everything. We are everything. We're all connected. There's no separation and all the separation that we make is an illusion and it just keeps us from being, integrated with each other and, and, um, present with each other. And I love, um, that, that the, the good, bad thing, the dark light thing Mm -hmm. is, um, is a fluid spectrum that we Mm. all exist on and, and black and white thinking around any of this stuff for me anyway is, is damaging. It hurts me. And, uh, so yeah, that's what and it's about. Haven't scientists also come out and said that um, they have found that humans have the exact same makeup that stars actually have? And, and yeah, stuff there's like, like that stardust thing where like yeah. the, the basic like building blocks of our cells and stuff are yeah, the exact same. Our stardust. Yeah, um, that's so crazy. Yeah, yeah. the the bridge too. I I do want to highlight. Um, it says, do you? Maybe you can correct yeah, me if I'm wrong. Do you remember back before you were alive? Do you remember when I didn't live inside your mind? Don't look sad. It all goes back. Don't look sad. It's the lyrics to the bridge. And that is an is a reference to impermanence. Um, yeah. That same concept we were talking about earlier. And um, this thought experiment that I was introduced to from Sam Harris. I think it was in one of his books. Um, and who was Sam not. Harris? Sam Harris is a um, neuroscientist and philosopher, and okay. um, he has podcasts and books, and he's been a huge part of nice. my life in the last couple of years. Um, I mean, he doesn't know that, but um, <laughs> uh, his his writing and, and podcasts has just nice. really helped me a lot. But this, con- this thought experiment of like, one of the things that, 
people have a hard time, especially in the faith world of faith and religion is like the concept of you dying mm-hmm. and not existing anymore concept that once you're dead, you're just gone. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm not even saying that that is like, I'm not even defending that as a truth or mm-hmm. not. Cause we just don't know. Right. But, what I'm defending is our ability to con- to conceptualize that and it, and that that's okay. Mm-hmm. And this thought experiment is really cool. It's like think back to a year or a time before you were born and picture the world or the town you're from or wherever. Yeah, yeah. And it's very easy to imagine the world without you in it. Yeah. And all you have to do is do that for the future. That huh. same thing. You look into the future and imagine the world without you in it in the same way it was before you were born. Yeah. And again, I want to really spec- like really say that I'm not saying that I 100% believe when you die, you don't exist anymore. I do kind of lean that way on a, on a lot of days, but my beliefs are on a fluid spectrum as well. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the relief I got from mm-hmm. this thought experiment was... like insane like it it made me just feel so because that thought of unknown and being dead and where you're gonna go and if you're gonna exist or not and you know that whole thing about well i feel like Mm -hmm. i'm gonna exist forever i feel like what's the point if i just die and don't exist anymore um i have a lot of trauma actually attached to those types of feelings and so this was a huge relief so I, uh, the fact that i was able to kind of articulate that thought experiment in the bridge was really um really cool for me personally yeah i love that um yeah i don't know if i have anything to add to that <laughs> yeah so uh diamond dusting uh, was the last song on the ep um yeah, what is this song about? I, I tried to. I think you told me when you first sent it to me, and we talked about it, and I don't remember. And yeah. I'm not, not going to say that that was I was because I wasn't listening, but <laughs> but, but that's no. possible. But it is possible. <laughs> um, I'm not going to say it, it's because I don't really care, but it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> not everyone wants to know what your songs are about, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. Just fast forward through this episode. I'm just kidding. No, so what? What? What is diamond dusting about? What? What is it? Where did you? You even told me where you got that that whole concept from, too. I believe. I forget where. I honestly forget now. But I just um, think of Arrested Development when they were got that diamond dust yeah, stuff. Yeah, and they were, totally, put it on their body. Totally. Yes. Oh my god. Got like in their I might have it This song is where I get the title of the EP from. Um, right. It says it's certainty in it. And this song is about certainty. It's mm. about the concept of certainty. It's about, um, in my personal experience in religion and, you know, specifically the brand of evangelical Christianity I grew up in, certainty, at least for me, was seemed to be at the, like, foundation of why. Mm. was like, the reason we believe this is because we are certain that it is the truth, the mm-hmm. empirical truth. This 
translation or definition of this passage of the Bible. This is what it means. Mm-hmm. My my version is certain. Mm-hmm. And this drive that we need to know, like mm-hmm. we need to know what happens when you die. We need to mm-hmm. know why we're here. We need to know all this. We need certainty around it. And the fact that certainty is an illusion. It's literally like an illusion. Like right. you don't, not only do you not get to know, yeah. you don't have to know. Yeah, and the the again the massive relief I found mm. in finding comfort in not needing to be certain about things, uh, like what I believe about you know God or the universe or death or afterlife, I don't feel compelled anymore yep. to need to know the certainty around those issues, and that has led to me being able to be present here to be mm-hmm. to focus on today and what's happening right now and how I can love and 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 it's helped me actually build a set of core values that I can strive for that are really defined and have a real purpose behind them mm-hmm. because for me at least and I'm going to I really want to stress this was my interpretation of the experiences I had with Christianity it was all about some uncertain future some time in the future after we die some place that we hope we get to go to mm-hmm. and and the the present was like really like kind of tossed aside like other than your salvation didn't really matter what else happened as right. long as your you know your soul was or your name was in the book of life or whatever I mean, how many times i don't know if you heard this but i heard it many times during the pandemic people were like well if i die i die i'm going to heaven and yeah. it'll be my time right and it's you know i think that's such a selfish kind of idea cuz you have people that love and care about you and you need to love and care about them and, right you know wear a mask get vaccinated you know that kind of stuff uh you know and for you not to do that really is selfish and wrong, you know, like even mm-hmm. if it's true, you know, even if there is a heaven and you go there yep. afterwards and stuff, like you need to be present here. You need absolutely. To, yeah. Yeah. And, um, the focus on the afterlife and your salvation. And if you're going to the downstairs place or the upstairs place, yeah. um, is literally the opposite of being present. Like yeah. it, 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 it completely puts the focus on not right now, not right. here. Um, and I didn't see in the church, the benevolence, I didn't see like the emphasis being on helping people right now. What What's going on with you today that you need help with? I saw like, let's yeah. get your salvation taken care of first uh-huh. and then we'll see about helping you. Yeah, a lot of times in my history with, with, with church and religion and stuff was, uh, yeah, let me help you make sure that your salvation and then make sure that your afterlife is taken care of. And then they leave you, you know, mm-hmm. with, with nothing even like nothing to, it's like giving you a, 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 a computer, but never telling you how to work when you never touched one before. Right. You, don't, you don't, what is this? What do I do with this? You know, kind of thing. And, and like you said, like not even caring about your, your needs right now. I mean, right. like, what can you do? And not again, that doesn't say all people that are religious do that or all churches of do course, that because I'm, I have seen some people yeah. be very present and care about people. Absolutely. Are very, you I, know. I'm being very general about yes. my anecdotal experiences with my 
uh, life. Um, I really want to stress that. I found out uh, through my therapist recently that the way that I live my life is in direct contrast to how I was raised. It was certainty. I was always raised, uh, there was always experts. Mm -hmm. Exactly how things are supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And I was never going to be an expert. And, um, And if I questioned the expert, I was wrong. You know, and I think that once I became an adult, I decided that I don't want any experts in my life anymore. I don't want anyone to tell me how it's supposed to be. Mm. I want to go figure it out for myself. I want to go experience. I want to go see God. I've, I, I believe in God. I've seen him. I've felt him. Mm -hmm. I've been in places, you know, um, I, you know, and for people listening, if you don't, that's okay too. You know, like I think that life is supposed to be your, it's, it's your journey and you know, um, and as long for me, it's just don't be an don't be an asshole. Don't be right. a dick, you know, be a good person. Care for other people. Like, yeah, that's what matters. Yeah, and the the lyric. So the 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 lyric might be confusing, but the chorus says, "Knowing did nothing but give my world a diamond dusting." Mm-hmm. And what that means is like my quote unquote knowing mm-hmm. glossed stuff over. It made it so I couldn't actually see what was really happening around mm-hmm. me because I had this, you know certainty that this is how it is and i got it figured out yeah beautiful certainty yeah so everyone looking around i can see all the you know beauty and i can see i can also separate like the idiots that don't believe what i believe Mm -hmm. and um you know and then it says i gotta chase something and certainty is always running which is like i feel like like that's what i was talking about that that we're compelled to chase certainty yeah. And, you know, in one of the verses, I um, compare it to, you know, I say like cert- basically that certainty is the white whale. And that's actually a, that lyric I stole from a line in a TV show called The Path, which okay. is. Um, I've heard of that. Yeah, it's um, it's got Aaron whatever from Breaking Bad the, oh, okay. in it. And um, it's a phenomenal show about nice. a cult. Um, oh. But it like. It's not what you think. It kind of like exposes culty stuff, but yeah. also humanizes the people in it. And you, it's it's very. I won't spoil it, but he said a line in the show that that said something about certainty being like yeah. the white whale. And I was like, "Ooh, that's cool!" And then it kind of just made it into this song. But well, if, if yeah, you need to watch that show. Um, it's really good. But um, not a sponsor. Yeah, but yeah, and that's what that song's about. Yeah. yeah. I find that we, with, with certainty, uh, like you said, when, when there's lack of certainty, we tend to, it's scary, you know? But I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, how sometimes you have to give in to uh, things when they're out of control, you mm-hmm. know? You just have to be like, I'm not control of this, and so that's okay, you know? Yeah. I'm going to let life be what it is, and even though I have no idea what is happening, what's going to happen... All I can do is be okay with it, let that go, and take care of my own self. You right. know, what do I need to do for me and the people I love and right. you know people around me and that kind of thing. Absolutely. So, I mean, I love how deep these songs are. Um, I love how personal they are. I love that you, the thing that you can hear in these songs from everything from the writing of the, of the song to the to the, like you said, the vocal production, you know, your, your, your vocal presentation to, to the lyrics, like it's very personal. And I love that, like 
I told you that, like, especially after I even read the lyrics, like they even mean more to me now than they did before. Mm, like, that's cool. it's, Thank you. it's so exciting. I think that that's going back to what we we're talking about independent music. I think that's what keeps people making music independently. You know, mm, yep. we live in a world where sadly the music industry is still not figured itself out since what, 2003 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they ever will. And the, and I think that, Pretty much now, the people that continue to make music um, in this wild, wild west are people that are musicians and that are people that that are doing it for art's sake or or for for soul's sake or right. whatever. And I I love that this was created organically um, and and with intention and heart and and that you you even felt like this this is it. I can't if I add something else that's not authentic to this idea. You know, yeah, that's interesting. I haven't really thought about this until you just brought this up. But um, I always, because I've been associated with the Christian music industry for so long, mm-hmm. and was on you know labels that were, you know, af- definitely affiliated with or seen as Christian mm-hmm. in nature. I wasn't aware of this in in the moment, but I definitely can see that I felt restricted as to. Mm. Um, being authentic about what I was thinking or feeling. And um, because of this, you know, part of it is that I, I, I just place, I have a tendency to place too much on what other people think. So we all do. I don't want to disappoint people or have people go, Oh no, you know, he's yeah. this or that, which is just ridiculous. And I'm starting to finally get some freedom from that too. But um, beautiful. this is like the most, uninhibited I've ever felt in making songs. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it didn't matter what I said. Cause I'm there. Nobody's going to be like, you can't say that in this space. Yeah. Like it, it's just, I get to be authentic. And um, I love that. I think that's cool. Like, I think, I think that's like the, the, the appe- one of the appeals to me is that about independent music is the freedom. Like I can yeah. do, Literally, this EP, I can do a single a month. I can do any kind of music I want. Um, and especially because I can produce it myself, you know, there's not, there's not a lot on the line, you know, um, as far as the, you know, financial yeah. implications goes. There's not basically meaning there's always something on the line, but meaning like, um, there's not a label that's going to be like, well, this flopped. Yeah. We're disappointed in you. You, you let us down. You don't get to do this anymore or whatever. Yeah. There's a freedom in it where it, it almost doesn't matter if it flops, you know, like, like you said that this is a hobby for you. So you, you're putting this out and you're going to be authentic and you're going to do it the way you want. Mm -hmm. And then people don't buy it. No, who cares? You know, if they do awesome, you know, um, obviously he wants you to buy it. Um, (laughs) and, and listen to it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm so excited about this. I'm excited that you and I get to work together on it. Um, th- that uh, we're we're going to be releasing it on vinyl, mm-hmm. s- CD, and tape. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about what's going to be on the latter half? So the five songs on the front half and on the second ba- back half of the physical releases will be. Yeah, I'm. Um, when I when we were talking about like how to format the vinyl because it's only five songs. Correct. It, there, there's these are some of the longest songs I've ever written too. Yeah. Um, and so it doesn't fit on a 10 inch Mm -hmm. and it's five songs, which is annoying to split up on sides. Yeah. 
And so you brought up putting the same thing on both sides, which I've seen that on EPs before. Yeah. But then I started thinking, what if I did some sort of remix slash alternate version mm-hmm. um, on the other side mm-hmm. of all five songs? Um, so that's the plan right now um, is to do, you know, some sort of other take. I'm not going to say what that is yet. Right. Cause I don't want to yeah. commit to something that I don't follow through with. Um, Cause I want to be open to what I'm feeling, yeah. but I think it would be fun to have these alternate versions, you know, just give some specialness to the vinyl release or the cassette release. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know exactly what we'll do with them. I'm sure we'll release them to streaming eventually, but, yeah. um, and I'm not going to commit to any plan with them either at this point, but, um, yeah, that's the plan. And, uh, yeah. you know, I think they'll all, I think November, I think we're thinking November would be the release date of the actual EP yeah. and, um, I've, I've got hoping to start pre-sales for the physicals in September. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I got August 13th, uh, is uh, when Slow Stop will be released, the single in the video world, uh, worldwide. <laughs> and um, if you haven't yet uh, signed up for uh, Aaron's mailing list, go to aaronsprinklemusic.com and sign his mailing list. You will get uh, updates and pre-things. Uh, like if you had done that in July when we first announced it, you would have already heard the first single. Yeah, um, a free download of under it. Under the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, August 13th is Slow Stop, uh, music video and single. Then September 10th, Impossible, the single and video will come out. Um, we didn't talk about the video because I don't think we know what that's going to be like yet. Yeah, but we, it's gonna I, be awesome. I basically kind of know, but um, I don't want to say anything yet. Yeah. yeah. And um, September 10th will also be when you can get your pre-orders in for tape, CDs, and vinyls. And there will be a bundle where you can get some extra stuff too. And I'm assuming, well, I don't know. I don't. Maybe I don't want to say things to shoot me in the foot either. We'll probably do something like that. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, November 12th is when it will come out. Uh, be released worldwide. Worldwide. Um, yeah. Uh, I think you said in the last thing you really are excited about tape. Um yeah, I love cassettes. They're just super nostalgic, and I just have a cool little boombox that I listen yeah. to them on. And I'm I'm a vinyl guy. Um, the label that I has started, uh, that's mainly what I'm focusing on yeah. because I, I think that that's the you know if people are going to buy a physical release of music, it needs to be a piece of art. And to me, the vinyl is the closest thing. That oh I have. yeah. Um, plus love, it exists and if all technology disappeared, you can still listen to it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, so, uh, there's that. And then, um, yeah, is there anything else that you want to talk about this EP that we might've missed or that? Not really the EP. I'm just, I'm excited to hear what people think. I'm excited for people's take on it. I want, I want to have a completely different level of interaction with people yeah. um, going forward. If, if um, one of my, if you hate one of my songs or you think what I'm singing about is stupid or you disagree with it, I want to hear about that. I want, yeah. and I, if, if it moved you or you, it made you feel seen, I want to hear about that. And uh, if you get something else out of a song than what I intended, I want to hear about that. Um, yeah, I love it. And, uh, I mean, that even goes with this podcast. Like, if you have comments or questions about 
things I've said that you want to talk about more, I will try to respond or maybe we'll do an episode about it. And, yeah. um, you know, if you have ideas for guests, because we want to do guests in the future yeah. that you, you want to hear us, you know, Matthew and I talk to you and uh, let us know if yeah. what, what, who you want to hear and what you want to, what you want to talk about. I think, I mean, we'll probably do an episode about faith and deconstruction and stuff. And, you know, Matthew and I have gone through some similar stuff, but we also have differences in our stories. Yep. And I, I can't wait to hear and go more in depth about that. And yeah, any, any kind of ideas you have comments, we want to hear them. Um, I want to get to know you guys better than I ever have before. And um, I'm just really super grateful if you're listening to this and um, you know, as much as what we talked about with the independent music is true, I don't think I would do it if it wasn't for you guys, if you didn't no. listen to the music and didn't um, engage and respond. Um, I, I don't think there would be a reason because I want, I want it to connect. I want people to, you know, be able, I want to be able to put into the world with it. And, yeah. um, fostering a relationship of connection and communication. Yep. And um and that goes both ways and I agree with everything you're saying. It, we really want you guys to be involved. Please let us know what you think about this EP, how it looks. Um we didn't talk about the artwork which I'm assuming you're creating. Um Yeah, I, I haven't it's seen it basically yet, so. done. I'll show it to you. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's I think I'm I'm pretty stoked. We might about even it. have it by the time uh this is out so maybe we'll yeah. show it. Um, but yeah, tell us what you think from artwork to videos, to the songs, to the song subject matter, to the instrumentation, to production. I mean, share, share your thoughts. Like you said, tell us what you think. And, um, we will, uh, if you have questions, send to us and we will answer them in the next episode and such. Um, we'll find us on all the normal places. Um, tune in for our next episode. We're going to talk about, uh, our relationship to music how uh, it has come into our lives and how it has a, such, such a stronghold and why it won't leave us. Yeah. I'm excited for that one. And um, yeah, just uh, find us on all the regular places. Uh, Aaron can be found at Aaron Sprinkle music, all one word on all social media. And Matthew can be found at Pacifico rock on all social media. And you can email us at moon traveling podcast at gmail.com. And last but not least, don't forget, you can head over to AaronSprinkleMusic.com and pre-order my new EP, Certainty. And if you did, I would be very excited and very grateful. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye.